Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to the Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about rapid experimentation, how you can apply it, how it works. And actually, we're going to spend quite some time on five very specific examples of Mikkels in my past. Enjoy. That's better. This reminds me of freshness. Yeah, that's the cost of recording late. Late in the day. Then it's like do, do you think quality we will, of intro. We will upset the people that are watching while while they are cycling. This is, I'm just drinking apple <laughs> juice. Yeah. I don't know about you. Wait. <laughs> yeah, remove it. <laughs> Damn it. Now they know. Now they know. know. So if you're only listening, go check it out on YouTube. Then you'll laugh for about a second and then go like, ah, oh, okay. Next. Those those <laughs> Danish idiots or danish slash german idiots again thank you thank you for correcting huh. mm. okay but <laughs> segue 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 we spoke last time about rapid experimentation yep sorry we spoke about continuous <laughs> improvement last you time you know what actually maybe i take this yeah, away from this, you now no i'm tired i spent the entire weekend working outside in the garden Look at my hands. This is I not saw like, that. I saw that. You, you touched uh, a rake for five minutes. Yeah, and exactly. Boom. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Um, no, last time we talked about uh, continuous improvement. Yes. Uh, which is a way for you to basically compound performance over mm -hmm. time. The more things you improve, the better performance, yep. et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things continuous improvement does not do is deliver entirely new things. So taking things from zero to one, yep. that is not great at. If at all, it's not even developed for that purpose, to be honest. And um, if you want to grow or grow faster, it is a given. You're going to need to develop more new motions, more new initiatives for you to acquire new customers. Yeah. And I think this can go all the way from, you know, this typical oh, enterprise motion or new market um, where you take something from zero to one. It can also be uh, things on the micro level mm. than that, right? So it's... It's basically uh, still about the S-curve, yeah. but not everything needs to be a massive thing. There can also be smaller versions of that throughout your funnel and throughout your, your revenue engine. And so one of the, the classic, classic examples, so we're talking back when Twitter was cool, you know, five, six, eight, I don't know, long Some ago. Some people will probably say it's cool again. <laughs> Let's table that one, but... <laughs> <laughs> but so what what Twitter did really well in the early days of growth was they ran rapid experiments. So they were testing a lot of new things at scale and that helped them, you know, outpace a lot of the competition and grow faster. The same goes for like MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> the same goes for Dropbox. I mean, I think everyone will remember the growth hack they yeah. had around, hey, refer a friend and get more storage space, right? Really cool. No, also the this thing that they did with universities. Remember that? No. Okay, well, not everyone apparently is going to remember that then, <laughs> but uh, basically kind of they did the whole thing. Hey, here's a university ranking and the more people that can sign up from those universities... Oh. You know, then the university is going to win. Uh, and basically kind of everyone who then signed up under that uh, university.edu uh, got like, I don't know, a lot. I don't know what it was back then. No. A gigabyte was a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah. A gigabyte of free storage for five years or something like that. Anyway. But, but so they, they, they obviously grew pretty fast because of that trick. However, they had a lot of testing happening that led them to that point in time. And that is really the kicker at the end of the day, right? Yeah, they had but figured I, out... 
I, I think the 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 importance here in that little story is that um, it wasn't that they were thinking about this, uh, you know, sharing concept and we're tweaking it to get it right. Mm. They did a lot of different concepts at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then this particular one took off by a lot, right? And, yeah. and obviously when it then took off and when it went from zero to one, then, you know, I'm sure they applied continuous improvement, got it even better over exactly. time and so forth. Uh, but that's kind of the distinction that we're trying to that we're trying to outline here. And so I think we're gonna start by jumping a bit into the one of the challenges we see at least happening at the moment today, um, faced by a lot of businesses. And one of them, uh, at least that that you and I have talked about previously, is when you look at new things you want to develop as a business, there's a tendency for them to be very big bets, mm -hmm. and there's a tendency for them almost always to be part of the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you just don't have the luxury to not have them be mm. there. And I think this is this is the situation that many people then are being faced with, um, trying to hit a specific target, and especially early on when things are still super in flux. So yeah. we're still talking pre five million or something like this. Yeah. Um, then it's hey, let's try this thing, and this thing really needs to deliver X, and otherwise it doesn't work. I think as you scale and as you kind of hit uh, plus 20, plus 50, plus 100 and whatever, I think those those bets become a little bit less impactful in your ongoing planning. And you will probably also have some more maturity in saying like, hey, we, we, can't, we can't have that in here and then completely miss, right? Yeah. I think it's a bit of a... Uh, of a thing that is more pronounced earlier in in a company lifetime, yeah. where you basically, um, uh, yeah, you pretty much don't have the luxury not to do it. Right? Yeah. So what we wanted to do was effectively to run through some examples mm -hmm. that are outcomes of experimentations that we have experimented, and perhaps also discuss some of the frameworks you can apply in your own business to basically get going with rapid experimentation as a business. That's it. Do you want to take those things? Should we start with a a failure or success? We have usually only have success stories, but we also prepared one that wasn't. I mean, let's... Uh, no, let's start with um, with the success. So you want to do a shit sandwich? That's basically, it. yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> okay. So um, maybe let's take a, a, just a few steps back before the test even appeared, actually. So we um, we basically implemented a process for testing. In uh, at the marketing team at Falcon way back uh, back in the day, so this is probably five years ago, so not that mm -hmm. way back. But we implemented a process. This was really inspired by Sean Ellis's book Hacking Growth, where he outlines a simple framework where you you pick an objective. For us, it was hey, can we generate twenty five more inbounds per month? Uh, just to keep it super simple and get ideas flowing, and then you develop a backlog of ideas and you score them against ICE. So it's a scoring framework, impact confidence and ease of implementation and then you have an average ranking of ideas and we would then prioritize ideas using those those averages uh, and pick what is you know most likely to succeed against that objective yep. and uh, one of them that we got it it was basically so we had we had introduced a contact us page because we didn't have one didn't exist so people didn't you know the only way to get in touch with us was request a demo and through the contact us page we saw we were getting a lot of questions about the product can it do does it support this channel can you schedule something for this channel whatever right and our our hypothesis was well probably there's a bunch of people who have questions they can't find the answer they can't be bothered filling in a contact us form and waiting so they're just gonna bounce 
So we said, what if we implement web chat as a test? And I think normally a project like that, you're looking at, if you want to do it, you know, perfect quotation marks, you're looking at a couple of months because you do need people to staff it. You do need training and how do you handle the questions you're going to get? What if it's a customer? How do we route them to CX? And there, there's a bunch of things. How do you measure performance? How do you integrate it into the system? You can kind of keep going down that rabbit hole. We spent two weeks on it. We literally talked with the um, uh, the manager of all the SDRs and said, hey, we want to test this out. Do you have two people who would be great for it? And it's like, yep, let's do it with these two people. Uh, we can staff it probably on average this amount of time per day. And um, then we just agreed to get going. We didn't think about how do we pass the leads. It was literally in a spreadsheet at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And um, what we saw, it, it basically significantly increased the opportunity production even for us doing so. But let's let's actually unpack this a little bit. So number one, um, did you come up with a solution because you heard about Drift and were like, oh, you know, let's figure out how we can squeeze Drift in here? No, no, because we had picked up an objective. We had picked an objective. And uh, I think there was a trend of companies adding web chat to the websites mm -hmm. back then that we were noticing. And then I think the real the real kind of aha moment was people were asking very specific product questions yeah. via email. But I mean, usually, you know, other people would say, oh, okay, I think we need to have a something like an FAQ page or something like this, Yeah. right? Uh, this could have been a solution as well. Why did you go for, for Drift in that case or for well, web chat? Well, because we, we thought the interaction would kind of enable you to then unearth, hey, is, th is there actually legitimate interest? Yeah. And should we then showcase something with an FAQ page? We wouldn't be able to. And we did have a help center where people could go and search, but it was just, sometimes you also have that, you know, I just want an answer to my specific question. I don't want to research no, it. No, I mean, it's it's one of those things where um, you basically then rather go on Google, ask a question yeah. for falcon.com yeah. or falcon.io or whatever we had, yeah. and then you find the page. You wouldn't be on the the homepage no. <laughs> and have any chance of no. finding that ever, right? So, and this is then where, where WebChat basically came in and was really helpful. And this then, yes, so this is how it went from zero to one. I still remember yeah. that. Um and then we obviously, you know, after those two weeks started to continuously improve, right? We had yeah. like those uh, those playbooks and those bots yes. and we staffed it differently and yeah. we gave it to the inbound SDRs and, and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. So there was a lot of then additional stuff after we proved out the, the initial case. Yeah. And I think that's the cool part. You can then, t you know, go back and listen to continuous improvement if you bring something to yeah. one. Um, I think it's also about accepting that you don't need to deliver something final, final, final. Mm. And I think it also requires that you have buy-in from your stakeholders around you and the, the involved teams as well. Um, I, I think at, at that point in time, obviously, if, if if I went to the Remy Operations team, there might have been some feelings around the tool not integrating, what tool we select, but the whole idea was it's a test, so we can always change it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes requires also some understanding and buying from the organization i think this is sometimes a bit hard to to come by right yeah and i think by now because we chose this web chat um example first it's also clear to everyone okay this is not you know a big massive product rolled out or a big something yeah. else it's kind of something smaller um and then over time i mean this this 25 opportunities that kept on growing into something yeah. else right and became actually a revenue stream in itself. Very similar though uh, in behavior to the demo request, right? Kind yeah. of was very, very similar in that, yeah. in that behavior, right? Cool. Um, I'll go next. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll go with um, 
Uh, now let's talk about PLG <laughs> because that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and first, let's do a um, also from the Falcon time, but basically kind of a very very simple, easy piece that we tried to roll out, which obviously wasn't so simple after all. But the hypothesis was that you know we looked at our competitors. You know we talked about this in another episode as well. Um, and we got inspiration because a lot of them were able to execute PLG. Mm. Didn't call it like this back then. It was self-serve. just self-serve yeah. uh, really well, right? Yeah. They um, uh, they were able to acquire a bunch of different customers from that, uh, get them through the door, and then upsell them later on. Um, and we were basically wondering, okay, so why why can't we do that? Uh, and, and how would we do that, actually? Uh, and basically what we ended up doing is uh, very simple. We obviously aligned with all the different stakeholders, say we're going to do this and now we're okay and a high five and everything. Um, but we basically didn't change uh, anything in the product. We didn't change anything in Salesforce and the tool and the lead flow, nothing. Um, the only thing we did is um, we created a landing page um, with a bit of pricing, a bit mm. of words, yeah. and then a, you know open trial or buy now button. Yeah. None of those buttons actually worked. <laughs> no, <laughs> you couldn't put in a credit card and you wouldn't get access to the product Nothing. right away. Nothing. Um, but you could still hit the button, uh, you know, start trial, fill in a form, which still felt like, oh, I'm about to go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then people completed the form and then it was like, a, thank you. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll open a trial for you in like latest probably 24 hours, you know, unless it's a Friday, yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be later. Um, and then basically behind the scenes, we had then a workflow for someone yeah. to create their trials and then the login and so forth. It was all terrible. You know, it wasn't encrypted. Even when we sent yeah. them like, hey, your password is one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six. <laughs> Please change it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here's some help. Help, yeah. help article. Um, and the same for the buy now button is like, you know, the buy now button. And then I think we even had like a, a MasterCard and a Visa logo. Yeah, and we stuff, did. We, you know? did yeah, yeah, we made it really feely like it yeah. would be this. But, you know, you, you you put this thing in and then the next logo step would be put in your credit card information and then nothing. Yeah. And instead we send you a, a DocuSign, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so um, uh, this was an extremely simple way to get it from zero to one. Um, we obviously didn't have great conversion rates or something like this. We were also really careful to funnel um, uh, funnel traffic to that website and so forth. Um, but basically, we had some people request a trial. We had some people buying this thing. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, was so weird when suddenly in Slack, there was an announcement, you know, just an automatic trigger yeah. that we closed one a deal for $120. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our usual, you know, our usual uh, ticket size was uh, around $1,000 actually. And then yeah. suddenly this thing came through. So it was kind of cool. Um Unfortunately, I think the Falcon guys, after you and I left, kind of, they never really took it to the full extent no. of a next level. Um, it was still this side side project, but they did take it to a trial actually functioning. Yeah. Um, you know, it's shutting off when it needed to shut off and parts of the platform being uh, uh, segregated away. So you only yeah. had kind of this one piece. Um, and they did get some, they did get some, some revenue through, but nothing that was... Um, uh, that was substantial enough, yeah. um, and uh, in order to for us to achieve that, it would have been this typical um, uh, well continuous improvement, right? We yeah. really need to kind of build this out. Yeah, but I think that's also like the the 
most important thing for the business here is if you have spent the time in R&D yeah. with the revenue operations team, that would have been a massive project. To be, a massive to be honest, you know what? And maybe I just omitted this really interesting part of the story. So this was the third time we tried it. Mm. This was the third time. Uh, we always had this idea, hey, it should be easy to just sign up. Why can't yeah. we? Why can't we? Why can't we? Uh, and every time um, previous to that, we basically were like, okay, you know, let's dedicate product resources. We need to yeah. get a picture perfect first. We need to at least make uh, the trial shut off. Yeah. Uh, we need to at least not give them all the capabilities because <gasps> what if someone is cheating this and suddenly they're inviting a thousand users yeah, and suddenly yeah. it's Coca-Cola on there. Yeah. And, uh, none of these things ever happen, obviously. Um, this is also around the time where, uh, where we came up with um, well, if someone is inviting a thousand users and it's Coca-Cola, then that's called a champagne problem. Yeah. Let's get to that uh, champagne problem, please. No, but I remember having a conversation with uh, R&D around them. Hey, we have to shut this trial down because apparently they are posting a hundred thousand messages every 15 minutes. So we need to shut it down now because it's dragging, yeah. pulling down performance of the entire platform. But I think also that's the beauty when you. But that run. was not an essential, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's. I think that is the beauty of running the testing, because then you get the insights of what are the, some of even the precautions that yeah. you're gonna need to take if you really want to bring this this forward further, yeah. right? And I think that knowledge, again, is super powerful as a business to obtain faster than than no, your competitors. Um, okay, you are the next one. So do the one that bad failed. news. Yeah, let's do the failure. Uh, so. I think, uh, funny enough, around this whole uh, self-serve model with pricing, one of the things we did actually want to test was adding pricing to the website. And that was because we got a lot of feedback, especially from people interacting with us through web chat on email. Just tell me the price. I need to, I got to know. And uh, we're like, okay, so the first step we had done was to create a pricing page without pricing. And it kind of worked, right? And then the natural next step of that test was to say, Okay, let's add the actual price. Let's let's say starting from thousand dollars, and then obviously, you know, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. The price can change to leave a lot of room to negotiate depending on what the need actually is. And I think and, after and up, up to that, by the way, massive debates in the whole team. Yeah, sales yeah. up in arms, yeah, yeah. flipping tables. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> shooting, shooting away, you know, uh, paper on the desk and having stuff. resignation letters ready. Yes. And you know, I, I need, you know, my quota needs to be reduced by fifty yeah. percent. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, are, people were ready already. Now, well, I lost it. I'm gonna lose the deal if that happened. Like, so a lot of, you know, in internal politics, which I, I think again, we were able to pull some of that off because we had backing from, especially the, you know, my manager and mm. and other people in the organization to actually pull this through and communicate that it is an experiment. Mm. This is not the change, you know, the new world we're introducing. And then, and somehow I think that's easier for people to kind of then accept that, you know, it's, it's us testing. And if it doesn't yeah. work out to deliver us so more revenue. Just, just to be clear, what you guys then ended up doing, we basically, put, so you put pricing on, but you did it in an AB split test way, yes, right? Yes. So, so half the visitors, would see the actual price, the other half wouldn't. Yeah. And a week and a half later, usually the test would run for two to four weeks to get you know sig statistical significance. significance. Yeah. Um, we had to shut it down because opportunity production for marketing fell twenty percent. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to shut it down. You just learned that it doesn't work. Yeah, right? exactly. But there was also like some uh, the the thing is like oh okay, A/B testing on the website that makes sense. Let's totally do that. Yeah. And then there is for the sales side. So 
did these guys see the pricing or did they see <laughs> or did they not yeah, see the yeah, pricing? Yeah. And also some, you know, we're laughing now. Yeah, yeah, but but we also had things like um, where someone was visiting the website, uh, the pricing, and then basically kind of discussing this with a colleague. Yeah. And then the colleague visited it. And guess what? Yeah. Couldn't this. see any yeah. prices. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check out this. Like, no, but that's oh, the thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's a learning executed real quick. And also... I mean, I got to say, this was um, successful in the sense of finally we could stop all the ongoing permanent oh, discussions yes. about yep. pricing. I still remember we had lots of negative feedback on all of our Facebook ads because we didn't show pricing and so yeah, forth. Yeah. And uh, and now we knew like, yeah, well, for, for a good reason. So, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could obviously have continued different uh, permutations of testing. I don't no, think it's always going to be the case. No, but also, you know, someone might listen and be like, well, maybe those were the 20% that you really didn't want to have. Maybe yeah, this yeah. was good. Maybe this was adding efficiency. Could have been, I don't know. We we didn't we didn't dare to go further that route, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do something that is actually not rapid experimentation, I am realizing now. Um, <laughs> Great. Okay. It's actually a little bit more on the continuous improvement side, but it's a cool story. Continuous experimentation. Well, but but it's it's pretty cool. So that's why we wanted to add it here anyway. It's the, um, uh, we call it A-B testing with humans. Yeah. Um, so it sounds, I don't know, weird. It sounds fitting for Tony, the yeah. German, <laughs> but otherwise it sounds pretty weird. Um, no, so the, the idea is obviously when you have a website, for example, right, you or some kind of software or product, it's uh, by now very normal that you do A-B split testing, right? Yeah. One one group sees one message, the other group sees another. Yeah. Um, for example, if you're on Facebook, uh, crazy, okay, Facebook, I don't know, whatever, TikTok, I guess, they, they apparently have um, thousands of experiments running at the same time, oh, yeah. and they only expose it to 1% of the audience, and that's significant enough for them to then, you know, roll out. Um, and uh, the thing is, you usually can't do that with humans, mm -hmm. uh, especially in sales, because it would just be crazy to try and do that and say, like, okay, you guys say that, and you guys say this, and uh, how do you monitor that? How do you roll it out? How do you enforce it? And how do you then collect the, you know, the results? And um, I recruited something pretty awesome from a company at that point called Main Street Hub. They were then later acquired by, I think, GoDaddy. Um, and they had um, a team, and I don't get the magnitude right, but let's just say 120 guys mm. and, and ladies, obviously, uh, cold calling, full circle, SMB, yeah? Um, so basically AEs, not SDRs. Yeah. Um, I think they had to make 100 calls a day or something like this. <laughs> um, and basically the uh, demo and everything was fully scripted. Yeah. Like the whole thing was scripted, yeah? So really like the closest you can get to a robocall, yeah, you yeah. Know, the closest. And so what they did, and they were like really successful with this whole thing, what they did is out of the 120 folks, they basically created one part or two parts or whatever of a 12, uh, a team of lab, lab guys. They basically created 10% of the whole thing was a laboratory. Um, and as we discussed last time, you know, everything was extremely documented. So yeah. everything was scripted. Yeah. Um, and then how do you roll out the A-B split test while you change the script? Yeah. Um, and then for every day, they did it by day, you know, they called the play. Okay, so today we're going to change this part of the script, yeah. you know, into this direction. The idea behind it is X, Y, and Z, and that's how we want you to deliver it. 
And then they went off. Each of them did a hundred calls, you know, had, I don't know, thousands of conversations that day or whatever. Mm. And when they then saw a... <laughs> and when they then saw a significant increase in um, in whatever, conversion, whatever, yeah. they were like, okay, this piece works. Uh, we're going to roll it out to the rest of the floor tomorrow. Yeah, Absolutely insane, but it worked insanely good. Yeah. Um, so basically they were able to iterate and iterate and iterate, and they could do the testing without putting all the chips on the table and say like, hey, you know, we're going to yeah. change everything now. Yeah. Uh, they could do it in the in the corner over there and then roll it out to the other people. Now, is that uh, rapid experimentation, how we're currently defining it? Maybe not. Is it continuous improvement? Maybe something in between. But it's just also a cool story we wanted, uh, we wanted to share. But I think it's also something that means you can protect. So if you have a sales-led motion, you are in effect competing most likely with other sellers. And they also use scripts. So there's this constant, you know, Whenever someone sees a new way to open the conversation, it's going to take about two weeks, then every SaaS company tries the same exact Maybe. thing. But, but I think the cool thing is you you maintain the position and kind of continuously improve. Yeah. So you could, it's, it's the same story for uh, a marketing team running A-B testing on a website where it makes sense to run continuously to keep on optimizing. And the same, by the way, for a, a product. You, yeah. you would consider oh, exactly. the same, right? Okay. Last example we had, um, this is again out of PLG world, this time um, this time more more successfully, I would actually say. So this was um, not at Falcon, it was a plan day. Um, and uh, this was a fully sales-led motion, but for $1,000 a year or $3,000 a year. So how does that work? Yeah. Well, it kind of didn't work. It worked because the inbounds we got were like so... Uh, ready to buy, uh, we had like 40 to 50% conversion rates. That's in like one week sales cycle. That's why it worked. Um, but when you hit those numbers, then there was like, well, wait a minute, do we actually need a salesperson here? Mm. Um, and we were listening into some of the calls and it was all uh, it was all like how-to questions. You know, how do I set up a schedule? And how do I set up the, I don't know, punch clock or something like that? How do I do all of these things? It was not the why should I buy this conversation. It mm. was how do I use the tool because in my head I already have the tool in front of me. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then we were thinking like, well, wait a minute. Um, if that's true, we could, from a pure optimization perspective, number one, but also from a maybe people don't want to talk to salespeople perspective, which mm. is totally the case. Uh, maybe we can take the salesperson out of it and make it a you know product led growth motion. Obviously, lots of um, people against it because it was a sales led shop. So well, how do we do it? Well, number one, again, we didn't get any product resources because no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, you know, I was the CRO. I also wanted to keep hitting my target. So I was also like, I'm not so super sure. And so what we ended up doing is we got, um, in this case, it was Intercom, another, you know, web chat tool, uh, integrated into the product. And uh, then we had someone super junior but super awesome from the team uh, build um, these uh, walk me likes yeah. uh, like things in uh, through intercom. I forgot what they're called, uh, like sequences tours. or product yeah. tour or something like this. Um, and you know this then led to you know our first basic assumptions. So what what okay you landed this thing. What do you need to do first? And then we built this thing out, and uh, that was cool. I was there. It worked. Mm. 
And then the next thing is, so where, where are we going to try this, actually? And basically what we then did is we had uh, sales teams in uh, the UK, we had sales teams in the Nordics, we had sales teams in uh, Germany, in Dach, German-speaking region. And we basically deployed um, this um, intercom product to a bot uh, in almost all the other regions that didn't have sales coverage. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, no argument against it. Basically. There was very little argument. <laughs> I mean, we had like a, a mini team in France, and yeah. so we waited with that. But you know, basically, kind of that's what we did, um, and uh, and it worked. Yeah. You know, we suddenly had people signing up, and suddenly kind of started working. Um, we the first thing we wanted to prove was not that someone is sliding their credit card, but rather that they're coming in and using and creating this aha moment and this habit of using it and so forth. And then once we once we created that. Um, then we at least had a basis to to improve from, right? And yeah. the it became an extremely strategic asset in the end because uh, while we were being acquired by Zero, they were a complete PLG shop basically, and they were like, "What do you have all of those salespeople for?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this this weird experiment you're running over there in the corner. That will be one of the reasons we're buying this in the end. So please show us, prove to us that you can make this work. I'm maybe pushing a little bit further up than it was, but it was in that direction. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, and then you know we started rolling it out, and you know I left at some point, and it I'm not 100 sure how it worked out, but it was extremely successful. That's yeah. that's what I can say. Was it successful in the sense of like 10 millions a year, or was it just you know two million? it was extremely successful kind of in the overall scheme of things, right? Yeah. And, and it started with, you know, uh, basically trying to have uh, no friction and going for the easy easiest piece to prove. And then after that, it's an improvement game yeah. versus a zero to one game. Yeah. So um, rapid experimentation in some different shapes and forms we've covered through, or at least run through now, some of the, the things we have done, some of the things we have seen. I at least think what I've noticed is it also changes a bunch of things for the team. I've noticed people become more engaged because it's all of a sudden easier to actually bring ideas through like and actually learn from them. And you you don't always know. People always have these, you know, this is my idea. I really mm -hmm. like it. Let's let's please implement it. But as soon as you use the word test, use the word test, everything changes for a lot of people internally, which is really powerful. Mm. Um, it indicates that you're going to figure out whether it works or not, and then whether you're going to keep doing it or not. Yep. You know, so I think um, that's that's one upside. And then obviously, you will get learnings from it, just like with this plan day story. You will get some early signals that this could work. Let's yeah. keep. I also think so. I mean, we we've been talking previously about you know reducing risk. Yeah, and having two big bats, they kind of add risk to your plan and everything. But I think it's even you know now that we've talked through this, uh, <laughs> yeah. now that we're done. Yeah, <laughs> no, but the the other angle is actually also it reduces risk even for the more incremental uh, uh, stakeholders um, of a business unit or of a team or yeah. something like this, right? Because when we did this plan day thing, and I was responsible for the whole number. I didn't feel like, sure, let's be gung-ho and push this through and, you know, have everyone, you know, now needs to go through PLG instead. Yeah. It helped me to actually, ah, okay, you know, some proof points here. I can start seeing how this thing is going to come together. Mm. So now we can use those proof points to roll it out in the next step and then roll it out to the next step and so forth. It's really a, how can we not be stupid about <laughs> trying something new here? Yeah. Um, 
And I think um, the other piece then around that is also you 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 are sometimes sometimes stuck in this chicken egg problem yeah. of well I can't get the proof points unless I get some of the resources to do it and back and forth right. And um, I think what's extremely helpful and this is why it's also kind of a lean uh, lean methodology here to a degree. Uh, try and find the literally the the MVP of MVP for this thing. Yeah. What do you really need to to get to your next proof point to feel comfortable to invest some more resources? Mm. And and how could you achieve that, right? And then Falcon was basically a landing page. Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah, yeah. that was kind of it. Sure, there were some automations, mini automations, but that was it. You know, installing Drift on uh, on the web page, that wasn't a biggie. Uh, installing in, uh, Intercom on the product, I don't know. Probably was difficult. I don't know those product people. <laughs> but it was still easy, right? And we could still argue, well, we also need it for the CS use case anyway later on. Yeah. Um, and I think finding those easy ways to then try and play the political game a bit yeah. better, I think that's that's a trick. And I think also if you're sitting in revenue operations, and if you listen to the past episode with the 10% rule to double revenue, you know you need to look at the full customer journey. And if you can improve seven things, yeah, 10%, then you're there. And I think introducing a framework of rapid experimentation, and there are plenty out there if you actually Google for it, it's going to actually help you uh, improve performance in the long run. That's it. Boom. Thank you, Mikkel. Thank this you. This was so, fun again. So by the way, um, you are, I hear you're sending out a pretty cool email soon. I'm sending so first of all, join uh, the revenue letter that I'm that I'm penning myself with a little bit of help. But at uh, growblocks.com slash revenue letter. And the next one will be I'm actually not gonna mention the the name where I got it from. Ooh. Teaser? Also not in the revenue letter. It's a big company. Oh, okay. Uh, they're doing a bunch of awesome stuff. So that was just for me internally. Too. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh. Uh, wow. Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. <laughs> um, basically, uh, talking a little bit about uh, some of the early signs of maybe the recession is starting to win. Ooh, so back to GoFellowCast. Let's no. go back to GoFellowCast. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. No, but there are some, some early, early signs. Not warning signs. The opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it feels like the, the, the snow signals. is melting, yeah. you know, little little spring flowers are breaking <laughs> through. Um, yeah, I get it. You yeah. know, the, the sun is breaking through the clouds. Yeah. The, uh, How long the, the, the fallout ash yeah. is blowing <laughs> <No>. away. <laughs> <laughs> the last something turns into dust. That's it. Okay, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>